The song selected and the scripture read is to remind us of the change that is to be a part of life or to remind us that there are two courses that we can pursue throughout this life. One is to follow the ways of the world which were described in the scripture reading. The other is to follow the way of God which is also described in the scripture reading. Reminding us through the songs that we're to be very careful of the words that we speak. Never knowing the full damage that can be done by a single angry word. The opening up of our hearts to God. To be receptive to his will and to his word. And to desire to do those things that would be pleasing in his sight. The whispering hope. And Jesus keep me near the cross. As well as. When that roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. But that's based upon, again, the life that we live here, the willingness that we have to surrender our will to his will and to do those things that indeed would be pleasing in his sight. We have no greater joy than to be able to make a change in our lives to become a child of the living God. We have no greater joy in our life than to see another who would also be able to become a child of the living God. The Apostle John, as he was writing in that second epistle of his, and in verse 4, said that he rejoiced greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. Then down in that third letter, verses 3 and 4, For I rejoice greatly that when the brethren came and testified, of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. It's always a joy to have that freedom to be called a child of the living God, to have that opportunity to live our lives in harmony with His will. But there's always a danger that we face as well. A danger that Satan is always there and striving to cause problems or disappointments that will cause some to be overwhelmed and some even to fall away. But the scriptures remind us that for those that are in Christ, we also have a responsibility. Paul writing to the Galatians in the sixth chapter, verses one and two, brethren, if any man is overtaken, and any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Paul writing to the Romans in that 15th chapter. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Again, we find that is, as in the physical realm, 
We're at all stages of maturity, from babes to young children to young adults to older adults to those that are older in age as well or in maturity. And all the way through, we understand in the physical realm, as it is also true in the spiritual realm, there's always a need for us to show compassion, to show consideration, to show encouragement to those who are growing and learning and striving to do the things that would be pleasing in this world, but also in the spiritual realm, to do those things that would be pleasing to God in heaven. As one becomes a child of God, they quickly learn there are some problems that they get to face that they may not have realized before. Some, sometimes that is a disappointment in themselves. We have anticipations, we have expectations of how things are going to be when one becomes that child of the living God. We consider Acts 8 and verse 39, the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. And it is exciting to find out that you have forgiveness of your sins, that they're blotted out, and that they are remembered by God no more. We're excited about the fact that we have an opportunity to begin a new life. Oftentimes we wish that might be true in the physical realm. Sometimes it may be, but oftentimes it is not. But moving into the spiritual realm, we have that opportunity to let everything that was behind to be left behind and to begin a brand new life as a child of the living God, to be able to grow and to mature in this new life and to have that opportunity given to us. And to understand that we can be excited about the fact that as we live this new life as a child of God, we also have the help of God and given us the ability or the courage, the strength, the guidance that we need to be able to make those changes in our lives. Sometimes it's hard physically to realize that sometimes we're left on our own to figure it out. But when we become a child of the living God, we have that opportunity to have help along the way, particularly that from God through his word, to give us the direction that we need to go to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. But oftentimes, new Christians also find out that temptations, sometimes they are as, as strong, or sometimes they're even stronger. The greatest opportunity Satan has in striving to get a child of God is to get them when they're new in the faith. And sometimes it appears that the temptations are increasing as one tries to do what is right, and that can become a disappointment to them. We get the feeling that when we become the Christian, all things are going to work out. And then we find out we face the same struggles that we faced before we became a child of God. We have the same temptations that were there before, that thereafter we become a child of God. The difference is that we have God on our side to help us to deal with those problems, but sometimes they can be overwhelming for that new child in Christ. They can become discouraged and begin to, to lose heart. Jesus, in giving what we call the parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8, 
reminds us as he gives the definition of what took place in verse 13. But the ones that fell on the rock, the soil, or the seed, are those when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, but believe for a while, and in the time of temptation, fall away. They haven't been able to establish a good soil or a good foundation upon which to build. And it's easy when the temptation comes for them to give in and to fall back away from, from Christ. So how can we help? How can we help the newborn Christian to continue to have faith and confidence and the willingness to serve God along the way? Part of it is to be there to help them and to remind them, particularly what Paul told the Romans in the 12th chapter and verses 1 and 2. I therefore beseech you, Brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That there's a transformation that takes place. And it's not as, as, as immediate as we might like it to be. We like to come up out of a watery grave of baptism, to have this new life, but sometimes we would want to have it in its maturity, not realizing that we are a babe, and as a babe it's a growth process, and in a growth process it takes time. And for us that are older to help to encourage them, we're all in a growth process. We're all striving to remind ourselves that we're to leave alone the things of the world, that we're to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. And we have to constantly renew the mind, keep reminding ourselves, I'm a child of God been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have a new life in Christ Jesus. I have a new family, the family of God, the church. I have a new hope that I, I never had before, eternal life with God one day. I have a crown to be won by being faithful to God. And all the way through the life here, we still live in a world where Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. We still live, live in a world where Satan is there and called the deceiver. The one that will seek to beguile. The one that will seek to destroy or to weaken those newborn babes in Christ. And those that are of us that are older need to be reminded of that. Spend some time again rereading the scripture reading this morning. Reminding ourselves and to help them to see as well, listen, there are some things that are to be left out of a life that we live. 
We live in a world today, it's been that way from the beginning, but it also seems to be dominant in our culture today, that you are absolutely free to think what you want to think. You're absolutely free to speak what you want to speak. You're absolutely free to express yourself in any way you wish to express it in your language and in your attitudes. Paul in Colossians says, no, that's not there for the child of God. There are definitely some things that need to be left out of our life. We're to put on those tender mercies and kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. We're to be bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Put on this perfect bond of unity, which is the, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ rule in your life. But those other things that he mentioned, lay those aside. Satan says there's nothing wrong with that type of language. Satan says there's nothing wrong with that type of attitude and characteristics and emotions. But those who be a part of a life that was left behind. And sometimes it's hard for us to be able to encourage those to do those things that indeed are right. To remind a new Christian of what they have in Christ Jesus. Paul, or John expressed it in 1 John 1 and in verse 9. That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes a new Christian feels overwhelmed when they find themselves committing sin again. Sometimes they think they have failed. And they think that they're no longer a child of God. They need to be reminded and encouraged to understand what John is saying. That we need to acknowledge those sins, confess those, and realize that God is faithful and God is just. Who will forgive those sins and who will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Paul, in writing to the Philippians, and in the second chapter, verses 12 and 13, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as much in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Sometimes we look at that and figure we're on our own. But it's verse 13 that helps as well. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Our life is different. It is the reminder for the new Christian that sometimes they forget. It is God working in you. 
And again, we're geared in our society, but human beings have always faced that. We're geared to wanting instant success, instant results from what we put forth without the recognition that it takes time. It takes effort. It takes growth. It takes the dependence of the willingness to lean upon God. And oftentimes as we're in Christ, and newborn babes in Christ, as we become a part of the family of God, sometimes we become disappointed with one another. Somehow we get the impression that when we become a Christian, a child of the living God, and we are part of a body of believers of like precious faith, that everybody always acts like they ought to act. And then they find out that's not true. And sometimes we behave in ways that cause a problem. They see the inconsistency in the lives of others. And sometimes it hurts them along the way. And then we're given Scripture to help us. You can go back and you can look in Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. And see what Peter did. And what Paul had to do with Peter as he was being inconsistent in the life that he was living. It's a reminder to us that here you have and an apostle of Christ. Here you have one who had seen the Lord, walked with him, talked with him, learned from him, received the powers that he gave, had an understanding of who Christ is, what he came to do and what he was doing, what he achieved when he wrote down that middle wall of petition that separated Jew and Gentile. And then for Peter... When some Jews came down from Jerusalem for him to quit eating with the Gentiles. And Paul had to rebuke him to his face because he was not living the part that he ought to. It's a reminder to us that, again, we know that, that every life that we live, every human being has an influence upon another human being. And Barnabas, who was called the son of encouragement, Barnabas, who was the one who received Saul of Tarsus when he came to Jerusalem and spoke up for him so that the brethren in Jerusalem would receive Saul of Tarsus. Even Barnabas was caught up in the hypocrisy of Peter. And that can be discouraging for a newborn babe in Christ to see this when it happens. To see sometimes we treat one another in a way that's not in a godly way. So what can we do? We can strive to set better examples in our lives. Paul, as he was writing to that young preacher, uh, Timothy, in the first letter of Timothy, and in chapter 4, down at verse 12, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers. Some translations will say, be an example of the believers. In word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, 
and in purity. Live a life that would be God-like. And he had love in there. Doug read this morning out of 1 Corinthians, or read 1 Corinthians 13. It's a powerful chapter to read or to reread from time to time. Particularly as you note the first three verses there. You could have everything. You could have all understanding. You could have all knowledge. But if you do not have the love that he describes in verses 4 through 8, it profits nothing. It has no value. Faith and love are going to serve their purpose. But faith and hope are going to serve their purpose. But love will always abound. It will always be there. So the importance of looking at those characteristics again and trying to apply them in our lives. Again, we're human beings. We have emotions. We have feelings. But we're also a spiritual being in Christ Jesus. And we take on new characteristics. We are a new creation. Paul was telling the Corinthians in the second letter in chapter 5 in verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And there's that struggle that we have. Of being this new creation. Living in this fleshly body. To develop those characteristics that are godlike. When we still live in the fleshly body, the desires to be reminded from time to time. There are attitudes and characteristics that were a part of a former life, but are to be put aside and cast aside in order that we might be more pleasing in the eyes of God. There are trials and tri- tribulations that come to the newborn Christian that sometimes can cause problems for them. The pleasures of the world have a strong toll at times on the new Christian. It's hard to break away from a lot that's in the world. Responsibilities that are of the world. We still have a life to live. We still have responsibilities to give. But we still have this life in Christ Jesus that rules and dominates the life that we live. Again, back to the Gospel of Luke. And in chapter 8, this time in verse 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, the riches, the pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. That danger is there for the newborn babe in Christ. To let those thorns get in there. Let them begin to take hold. There's something about the pleasures of life. John would write about that in 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, are not from the Father, but are of the world. And the world is passing away, and its lust thereof. But he who does the will of God will abide forever. That reminder that the pleasures of of the world will pass away. We understand that in the physical realm. Anyone who has any understanding can grasp that concept. There are things that were a pleasure to you at one time. As a child, 
as a young adult, as a adult beginning a new life, whatever it may, whatever else it may be. There were things that were of a pleasure to you that no longer hold that pleasure in, to you any longer. You've outgrown that. You've moved beyond that. The same is true spiritually. And it's a reminder to the young Christian that they also need to see from the older Christians. Those things of the world, they have their attraction. There's no doubt about it. But they are only for a period of time. We need to strive to not let them dominate us and to encourage them to not not let them dominate them as well. Paul spends a great deal of time in the first letter to the Corinthians. And in that 15th chapter, where he talks about the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how vitally important it is to the life that we live. And as you drop down a little bit later in that 15th chapter, Verses 33 and 34. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have this knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. Do not be deceived. Evil companions will corrupt good morals. I mentioned this morning in the auditorium class, spent a lot of time talking to prisoners in a maximum security prison. And almost without exception, every one of them will tell you the reason that they are in prison is because not what they did, but because they were with the wrong crowd at the wrong time. The Bible simply says, don't be deceived. We're trying to influence the world, but do not be deceived. The world can influence you. And oftentimes does for that newborn babe in Christ. There's a lot of things that are out there that are pleasant and good and want to be, we would want to have a part of. But do not lead to the right conclusions. Do the will of God and seek those things that are pleasing within his sight need to be reminded ourselves and then encourage them of what is important. Matthew 6 and verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It changes the perspective. We set goals in the physical realm, we set them in the spiritual realm. And one needs to see where the goal is and to help a new child of God to see. You set your goal on God, on his kingdom, and other things will then fall into place. Develop that relationship with one another that leads to a closer life Indeed, with God. Sometimes a newborn babe in Christ gets discouraged. 
because they have an impression that when they become a Christian, everything, everything will change. All of their problems will be gone. All of the difficulties that they face will be gone. And that's not so. And sometimes it's, they need to be reminded and encouraged and then taught along the way. The only thing that changes when you become a child of the living God is you. You face the same problems that you faced before you became a child of God. You got the same difficulties that you had, but you have a new way of dealing with those that you did not have before. You've changed. The trials, the tribulations, the persecutions, the ridicule, they've been there and they may continue to be there and they may grow and abound, but you have a new hope through God that he's there to help you. It's not always easy to be that new babe in Christ. They need encouragement, they need help, they need prayers. They need to know that they're loved and cared for. But that also applies to every one of us as a child of God. We need each other. We need to be reminded of why we have gathered together. It is because of the one who gave his life for us. The one who was willing to shed his blood upon a cross so that we might have forgiveness of our sins. So that we might learn, as we sung in the songs that we sung this morning, of what it is that indeed we have through Christ Jesus our Lord. To know that we are a new creature. And we have a new purpose, a new life, a new goal. And to the best of our ability, with the help of God, we want to encourage each one to be that new creature in Christ. And to strive towards that goal together, encouraging one another along the way. It may be this morning that you're not yet a child of God, not that new creation in Christ Jesus. There's an understanding that you realize that it is sin that separates you from God. That you're willing to repent of those sins, turn from those, confess Jesus as the Lord and the Savior, then obey him in baptism for the remission of sins in order that you may be raised to walk a new life to be able to do that. Or as a child of God to be able to come home if we've strayed from the way, to renew that life in Christ Jesus again. They ask for the prayers of brothers and sisters in Christ. That that invitation is there. We have a need to respond to it. We'd like to encourage you to do such and to come forward as together we stand and sing. Buried with Christ, my blessed Redeemer, dance to the whole life of folly and